Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture Podcast, where youth ministry and culture collide. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. Hey, guys, it is good to be here. It is good to be alive, and it is good that technology works. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so, we, so for those of you listening, we, we were recording, in the middle of recording, uh, this episode, and of course, something technology-wise, decide, hey, we don't like what you're saying, so we're just gonna crash and and burn and lose thirty minutes of your conversation. So, yeah, um, joys of joys of trying to do this online. I don't know if it's an internet thing or what, but God is in control. And obviously, God yeah. wants us to talk about something else while we were talking about. Yep. Um, but yeah, so. So, David, you were talking about uh, you had something recently happen, something exciting. Yes. Oh, so exciting. Okay. So, uh, we have we're, – we're Word of Life Church. You guys know that. Word of Life sponsor us. <clears throat> and um, we <laughs> uh, we had this thing called Reverb. It's a, it's a national event. It goes all over the Eastern Seaboard, and a bunch of churches come together in different cities, and there's a huge – uh, professional game you can watch, whether it's hockey or, or uh, uh, basketball. We get to go to Liberty University and watch uh, all the Canadian students kick butt at the hockey games. And uh, and then there's a gospel presentation, there's games, and then like the rest of the night until 6 o'clock in the morning, there's places to go like bowling alleys and the student center and and skating and laser tag and stuff. And it's, it's a, it's a blast, but the best part about the whole night is when the gospel is shared. And for us uh, and, and for my particular ministry here now, um, two of my students that went got saved on Friday night. And and these aren't two like guests that were invited by students of our youth group. They were two, two kids in our youth group who we have been praying for for a while. And they gave their lives to the Lord. And and it wasn't just one of those like raise your hand if you love Jesus now things. Like they, they did that, but then they gave them an opportunity to go back for counseling and they sat with people. And, and I got to sit with one of them and just talk to them and make sure that they understood, you know, what they heard. And if the decision that they made was, you know, a fully informed decision, it wasn't just some emotional thing. So I'm really excited um, about what that, what happened then and what God's going to do in their lives moving forward. Absolutely. And again, one of the the most, to me, what brings me joy more than anything is, is seeing, seeing students take the next step. and their faith, um, coming to Christ and seeing, seeing them just that aha moment in their faith. Um, it's, it brings me such a joy to see that and to see students, uh, reaching, uh, reaching their own peers mm-hmm. for Christ. That's awesome to see. And that's, that's the reason why I think a lot of us do what we do. Um, if you're, if you're in it again, there's some, some, there's some people in this boat, but if you're in it, just for the fun and games or, and remaining a kid and that's it. Uh, you're in the wrong business. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if you're going to be a, if you're going to be a pastor of students, a pastor, 
then you have to be about seeing kids growing their faith and seeing them taking the next steps. And that's just, it's just awesome to see that and awesome to hear that. Um, it makes the sleep deprivation worth it. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Speaking of that, I'll, uh, I am anti-lock-in. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I let Word of Life handle it. They do all the programming. I just show up. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a lock-in guy. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not that old. I'm, again, I'm only 35, so I'm not that old. But I found out the older I get, the less my body functions for lock-ins. I agree. I, I got back and my pastor was like, it's good to see you're alive. Um, and you're at the age now where it's going to take two or three days before you get back to normal. And I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> the next thing you need to ask is, does that mean I get two or three days off? Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, he's pretty gracious with stuff like that. Um, he understands. He used to be the youth pastor at this church, so he gets it. <laughs> he knows exactly what I'm dealing with. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, and uh, of course, uh, what we're going to be talking about today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead mm-hmm. of actually doing an interview, uh, me and David kind of want to speak into a topic—a topic that uh, we have both have, have experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both have different uh, stories uh, with this, but this is uh, talking about how to transition well and what that looks like. So stay tuned for more of us <laughs> but so yeah so we're talking <laughs> talk about trans again the reason why david talks about that because usually i transition we talk we do that little intro into an in- interview but oh, since so we don't have an interview we're interviewing us that's right it's an internal view exactly uh-huh. uh but but before we kind of dive into how to transition well i think we need to start out talking about how not Mm. to transition. Yep. And I think the first thing that uh, I, I think we need to hit on when it comes to that is basically burning bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I say talking about burning bridges, I bring that up is because I've heard many stories mm. of, um, of pastors coming in as they, they get a new they're, they get a new church, whatever ministry opportunity they have, they're, uh, it's already lined up, and then they go to their previous leadership and tell them everything they've done wrong. Yeah. Now, like, you've done, you've done this wrong, done that wrong, before they leave, and it completely burns any relationship that they had with that previous leadership, previous church. Um, to me, that when I've heard this over and over, I, I've known people personally have done this. And when I hear this, it just breaks my heart because you're not being Christ to them in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, again, some of you maybe listen to this and say, well, I've, I've, you don't understand my situation that I dealt with. I, I was hurt. Um, I was wronged. And, and I get it. I understand that. So is Jesus. Exactly. This <laughs> is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, you got you got to look at people the way God sees people, mm. and understand that they are just equally as sinful as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they may have made a major mistake, 
Uh, they have even may have in some ways a highly sinful mistake towards you. But even in that moment, you still need to look at them through a God lens of how God sees them and, and look at them graciously and lovingly. Still, you can still speak truth, but speak truth and love. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still speak truth to them, but do it in a love, God-honoring way. But the reality is, is, is again, they're sinful. They're sinful human beings just like you are, and they're going to they're gonna make major mistakes in the moment just like you. Yeah, and if you say something emotion in your emotions, if you're upset, if and and uh, you know you're you're hurt and you're feeling your feelings, um, you you are giving them an example. Now it's a bad one, but you're giving them an example, and your teens that of the church that you're still at as you're leaving are watching you, and and they're watching the guy or the or whoever. Is you could be full time, part time, volunteer. Doesn't matter what you are. If you're leading them, they're watching you give an example of how to leave. And if you're blowing it up and throwing shade and putting them on blast or whatever words you're using at the moment, <laughs> um, they're gonna take that as an example. And uh, we mentioned this earlier when we tried uh, tried this the first time. Um, <laughs> they're uh, there's a possibility that if you decide that to just you know show your butt on the way out and and tell them how terrible they are, you could not only put a bad taste in your students' mouths for their church, but for church in general, just the concept of it. Yeah, because because here, here I, and again, I go back to to uh, being an example, being a Christ-like example. You're in that moment. You either be an example of of, of in a negative light or a positive light to your student, and they see that, and they're like, "Man, man, I thought I thought that he was a pastor." Yeah, and why did he handle that situation the way he did? Or said, so "Man, if that's what it means to be a, a a believer in Christ, why in the world do I want to be? Why do I even want that? Whatever, we would be a part of that." Um, and if you let's let's put it this way, <clears throat> if you decide to do this and burn your bridges on the way out and be a jerk and be mad and all up in your feelings, make sure your last lesson to the youth is not Ephesians four thirty one through thirty two, because this is what it says: Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So. If you're going to go ahead and do this the wrong way, which I highly suggest you don't, uh, don't teach this as your last lesson. <laughs> yeah, and 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 here here's nothing. This is tied into to this as well. Yeah. Uh, when it comes specifically with your leadership burning bridges, but uh, don't talk negatively about your situation. Um, specifically, don't don't go around to to the congregation at this church before you before you uh, you transition out. And just berate everything that's mm-hmm. going on around you, because it because it goes in the same thing. Because what you're actually doing in, in that moment is you're are drastically hurting a ministry by doing that. Mm-hmm. You're drastically hurting a church by doing that. So what you do you're doing in that moment is you're actually putting these negative ideas, whether it's true or not. Uh, they're seeing everything in negative light, and you may turn off other people 
from church within your congregation or from that church as well. Now, again, if, if it's if it's if it's a church that's extremely unhealthy, that's that's speaking heresy, unbiblical. Okay, that's different. Okay, but even then, you sh- you shouldn't be talking about negative light. But sh- but for as them needing to leave, okay, that's different. But what, what I'm talking about is just it's just a church that's filled with sinful people who make mistakes, just like you, uh, just, yeah, just like you, and and who've made a mis- who they've the leadership made a mistake with you, mm-hmm. and the way they handle stuff with you. Uh, that big mistake could have been hiring you in the first place, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> yes, so. <laughs> Don't go around and talk negatively about your leadership in your congregation and mm-hmm. about the church as a whole. Because the fact is, is that God, because you look at First and Second Corinthians, just study the church in Corinth. Mm. The church had tons of issues, but God was still using that church to make an impact through all the mess. God is still using that church that you're coming out with to reach people through all the mess. Mm-hmm. So don't talk negatively of a staff or a church that God is still involved in. Yeah, and listen to what your mom said when you were little. If you have nothing nice to say, then don't say anything at all. No, no, <laughs> exactly. So that, that's 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 how not to transition well, and how not how you shouldn't do it. So now let's now we'll just take a take a steering the ship a little bit and back to yeah. how, okay. How do you do it? How do you do it? Well, uh, and again, the first step is to do the opposite of what we just talked about <laughs> is to talk about your former leadership uh, in a positive light. Um, talk to the congregation of your previous church, previous ministry, talk to other people within that ministry about the leadership mm-hmm. in a positive light. Um, and talk talk to you to you about your leadership to your new ministry in a positive light, because the fact is is that again they're sinful human beings, mm-hmm. just like you are. God is using them through their mess, through their sin, mm-hmm. to reach people. Um, so don't don't. In other words, going back to Matthew chapter seven. Uh, if you talk talking to uh, trying to peck the speck of somebody else outside when you got a big log sticking tree sticking out your own um, redwood yeah yeah so so, so a, a lot of times a lot, a lot of times that because you're dealing with sin as well when you're mm-hmm. trying to talk negatively about someone else understand you need to check your your own self before you even do that first yeah. of all you should be doing it, period but you need to check yourself before you do it. And the reality is you're probably struggling with, with a, some, some stuff similar or close to it uh, that you haven't dealt with yourself. Um, yeah, anyway, and, it, comes, it comes out to study with pro- being prideful. That's what mm-hmm. it comes down and, to. And one of the things that you're going to um, find that's going to be super helpful with this is if you surround yourself with wise people that um, can help you work, walk, walk through it, especially if they've gone through it before. Uh, I transitioned to my current church four years ago. And on my way out, uh, I was experiencing some hurt and I was experiencing some pain and some emotions. And I had a mentor who had been in youth ministry for over 30 years and had transitioned multiple times. And I I basically ran everything through this guy. And I said, hey, um, I, I need some help processing this. I'm mad. I'm angry. Um, 
I I may not be living out Ephesians four thirty one and thirty two very well right now, so I need your help." And and he helped me process through it, and he reminded me constantly, uh, "Leave well, uh, leave well." He said, "Leave well." Um, he said, "You do not want to chuck a burning match into the door, close it, and run off." Uh, <laughs> you know, you you don't want to trash the church. Um, you you want to make sure that you are not. When it comes to your words and your actions, make sure that you are not the one sowing division in the church as you exit. And even in my resignation letter that I was told, you need to write this and read it to the church when you announce you're leaving, um, I had one sentence in there that I thought was just informational. And I gave it to my pastor and I said, is this acceptable? And he read it and he sent me back an email and said, can you take, can you reword this one part? Cause it seems like it might cause some division. And I looked at it and for a minute I got up in my feelings about it. And I was like, well, that's what happened, but Oh, okay. So I worked it. I actually just deleted the sentence cause it didn't need to even need to be in there. And uh, I read it. And uh, one of the things that it, you, you said, talking positively about your previous ministry. Uh, one thing that I really appreciated about my pastor at the time uh, still appreciate to this day is that he um, he helped me. Like we, we both knew at some, at one point we both were kind of like, it's time for me to go. <laughs> um, we were on the same page. And so instead of him making my life miserable and putting me in what we like to call purgatory at work, um, he kept it quiet and allowed me to update and, and send out my resume and find a place of transition so that when I was leaving there, I could start somewhere else. And he protected my privacy. He was very discreet. Um, no, no sneakiness. Um, he was very kind about the whole thing. And I really appreciated that because that let me know that this is a senior pastor that although he recognized that it's time for his youth kind of go, um, he still wanted me to succeed. And, and I appreciated that. No, absolutely. And to be honest with you, that part, that in a bad situation, because again, your situation was the best situation in the world. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, we're, of course, we're not going to talk about that here on the podcast, but your situation was the best situation. But your pastor handled that very, in a very mm -hmm. positive, very, pretty much very well when it comes to that, the way you handle that. But that's also sad to say that doesn't always happen. In nope. a lot of situations, um, I got a good friend, uh, one of my best friends, where his first church, um, there was some stuff done that was, it, to me, when I look in retrospect, sometimes I wonder, um, is that pastor really a believer or not? Uh, just the way he, it, the stuff was handled. Uh, but even then, even I look at his situation, the same thing is he, he's very gracious, handling a positive light. Uh, loving the people and the way he handled that was very much in a positive way, even through all that mess. Uh, because even he realized that, Hey, is that God is still working the people in this church. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to, to take that away by causing division, by getting people to talk, uh, get people to, to be against this pastor, even though, there was some things that that the reasons why he needed to leave and step down because the way he was handling things was a very unbiblical way. Um, but he said, 
that I, I'm going to give it over to God and God's going to take hand, take mm-hmm. over it. It's not my responsibility, my job to cause division because it's quite frankly, it's not God honoring to do that. And plus it's not my job to try to get this pastor out. So, well, so and let's be honest, you don't want to be one of the people that Paul wrote about. Exactly. No, <laughs> it, exactly. And yeah, but I'm glad you talked about, about, uh, wise counsel. Um, cause that is, that is so important to make sure you have wise counsel around you to pour it into you. Um, of course for David, for you and me, and for a lot of those who are listening as well, uh, person who speaks in my life more, uh, more than others is my wife. And, Listen to your wife. Yeah. So, it, uh, and Dave, <laughs> you, you've experienced this too, because we talk about this all the time, but, yep. uh, that like, again, I'm naturally driven, uh, with that kind of personality. There's a very much a negative part of that personality. And part of that is that it can be impulsive. Mm. In other words, I see something, I want to grab it. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to run with it. And my wife has to look at me and, and, and pulls me to the side. So do you, do you really want to do that? <laughs> uh, cause if you do this, uh, we might not be married very much longer. <laughs> so, and so, so she's, <laughs> wow. <laughs> she, she doesn't say that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure she's thinking that, but, um, because not divorce homicide. Oh, there's some truth to that. But anyway, um, she, she knows, she knows my personality. She's, she's, she's very, she's the one who keeps me in line mm-hmm. uh, in ministry. We have a, we have a great, mm. a great, great, uh, partnership. Uh, I know I drive her crazy uh, sometimes with that. Cause again, like I said, I, I'm a go getter. Uh, I, I feed off of change ministry change. Mm. I feed off of it. Like during COVID, a lot of people are freaking out. Don't like the change. I, it, I'm feeding off it. I'm I'm doing changing this ministry, changing that. Let's do online. You're a bad uh, Baptist, man. <laughs> but I, yeah, and so my wife is opposite. She hates change. She despises change. Um, and so she's the one who keeps me keeps me tight and range. She's a great spiritual partnership. Um, uh, and my wife is the, basically. I wouldn't be where I am right now in ministry if it wasn't because of my wife. And I'll mm. flat out say that. Amen, brother. My wife figured it out a year and a half before me that it was time for us to go. <laughs> you know how dense you have to be as a guy to not get it for a year and a half after your wife has already figured it out? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I should have listened. I should have listened much sooner. I, I, I've learned from that. I listen to her much faster now. <laughs> yeah, I, some, sometimes I'm great at that. I'm going to be honest with you. But sometimes I'm not. I'm still I'm still struggling. I'm still on the struggle bus sometimes with that. And mm. uh, then she, she's gotten to a point where she just looks at me and said, "Okay, I'm just gonna allow you to fall on your face. I'll be here to help you lick your wounds later. But for now, go ahead. There's a brick wall right there. Go for it." <laughs> but anyway, yeah. For those of you listening who, who don't necessarily have that, you're single and you're in your in ministry. One thing. Mm-hmm. Again, make sure that you have people around your life that are pouring into you mm-hmm. that you can come with when you're struggling, when you're dealing with something. Because people, when you have godly, wise counsel around you, will help you in specifically in transitioning and how to transition well, mm-hmm. how to be God honoring, and they will give you a perspective that you don't have because they're they're outside of all the emotions. 
of all these struggles. They're, they're, they're looking at it from the outside so they can help you give a proper and a godly perspective in the situation and in the moment. Yeah. And, and the best you can do for that, if you, if you don't have anybody like that around you, um, the best place you can go is straight to God's word. I, I know that in bad times and rough times and hurt times, we tend to default away from that and just seek help anywhere we can other than the word. And that can be some people's default, but the best place to seek wisdom and refuge and comfort from all of this is to go straight to God's word and spend even more time communing with him because uh, he is the one when it feels like all others have forsaken you. Uh, that will never leave you and will never forsake you and will walk through you, uh, through you. Yeah, well, he'll work through you, but he'll walk with you through the pain and through the transition and give you the wisdom that you need uh, and point you to those wise people. I, Ryan and I both have, um, we're both in, uh, we, we've worked in rural contexts where there's not a whole lot of other guys around that we can uh, rub shoulders with and talk ministry. And so we've hopped online and joined Youth Ministry Booster because um, those guys are in the same context that we are in. We can bounce ideas. We can talk to, we can pray for each other. Um, I know we can't hang out physically, but it's guys that are in context like ours that are not emotionally invested in our situation that can give us a godly perspective and, and answers from the word as we process through this stuff. No, no, absolutely. And, um, yeah, and that, that, and David, I'm glad you said that because it's so important. I don't think we, we, a lot of times really think about, uh, how important our time in a relationship with God is. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we, we as pastors preach this to our students, but sometimes we don't practice it mm-hmm. when we're preaching it. And I, I can't tell you some of the times that I really think God used some of the, some of the most difficult times in ministry mm-hmm. uh, was to push me closer and closer to Him, to get me to a point where I can't rely on my own ability, my own talent, my own skill set, uh, to where I have to be dependent on Him. And I think the reason why I went through some of the stuff I went through in ministry, and I'm sure it was the case for you as well, was to draw me closer and closer to him. Because the fact is, as a believers in Christ, and, and this is true for you, I, we, again, pastors, we preach this, but sometimes we don't internalize it, is that as a believers in Christ, we're promised suffering and persecution. Mm-hmm. But in that suffering and persecution, God uses it to draw us closer to him. Just read the Psalms. Okay? Mm. Just take time to read the Psalms. And you see all throughout the Psalms is just... You have David and others who are calling out to God in their pain and their suffering, asking God, where are you? Where are you in this moment? And just seeking out God, seeking him in the moment and what they're struggling with, and then opening up with praise and thankfulness and worship through all that as well. So, so again, God, you may be listening to this right now, maybe dealing with something right now in your, in your context, in your ministry, and you don't, you may have to be extremely tempted to just lash out, to scream at your, at your whatever your leadership is. And uh, my encouragement to you is, is allow God, God to use it in your life. Mm-hmm. 
allow allow God to use it to, to help you to draw closer to him. Yeah. And and the last thing that I have um is to make sure that uh and, and this will be hard. Heads up, this one might be a little hard. Um but remember what you have to be thankful for. Um God had you at a church for a season and allowed you to minister to teenagers and families and children and adults. And he put you there for a while, allowed you to be involved in gospel work, allowed you to teach and model his word to others. And I'm sure if you take the time to have a a, a thankful, grateful attitude, uh, that you will remember the times of ministry that God gave you, even if they were hard ones. Uh, Maybe you had to walk through a difficult situation with a student, but because you walked with them, they were able to get out on the other side and glorify God. And uh, there is a lot that we can be thankful for. I was at my last church for three and a half years. I built some amazing relationships. I pointed students to Jesus. Um, Be thankful that God even, be thankful even now that God lets you be involved in this. (laughs) Because he he doesn't have to, but he chose to let you. So be thankful for that. Um, And Dave, I'm glad you talked about that because one thing that... uh again, I struggle with is I struggle with being content mm-hmm. and that is connected to um, the driven side of my personality. Uh, as to what I struggle with. In fact, it's, it's, and I came to a point where I was starting to get self-aware about this uh, in my own life that I actually is now on my prayer list where I pray for this every single day in my own life. It's praying for contentment, praying for thankfulness to where God has placed me. Um, and again, what you said is so true is that God doesn't have to use us. He doesn't have to use us for ministry. He doesn't have to use us uh, to reach students, but God has allowed us to be pastors of students and pastors over, over families. And it's a privilege because mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't have to use us. He chooses to. Uh, whether we, and the fact is, even if you have only one student who has been impacted by your ministry that is one student who spends eternity with god and it's all worth it it's absolutely all worth it and god used you to see that happen even if god used you in a in a crappy situation Mm -hmm. god still used you so be thankful that god that god gave you that opportunity to make an impact in, in a student's life yeah, and that's why we have to transition well. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. We have no clue. We will not have a clue until eternity, the impact we have on eternity that the Lord has used us for. We're not going to have a clue how many of our past students are going to be ones who share the gospel with millions or tens. We have no idea what they're going to go on to do with their lives and what the Lord's going to do through them. We have but one call, be faithful wherever you are. If it's time to leave, be faithful until your last day. That's no, it. No, exactly. Exactly. Hopefully, hopefully, this was an encouragement for you guys. I know transition can be tough. I know it can be hard. Um, it's I've been through the, the bad, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, and it can be difficult. But hopefully this was an encouragement for you guys. And if you have been through a rough transition... Um, Ryan and I would be happy to be there for you. Uh, hop in the Facebook group, um, chat us on social media if you want. 
um, if you need somebody to, to vent to because you have no one around you that is godly wisdom. Uh, most of the godly wisdom I have to give to you was given to me by somebody else. It's not even my own. So, um, But we'd love to be there for you guys, and we're really appreciative that you guys have uh, been listening. And if you have not yet, please leave a review or a rating. Uh, that will allow us to stay near the top of the search results so that we can be here for those who need solid youth ministry content. I um, want to also encourage you, if you have not uh, listened to the last couple episodes yet, we are now, now part of the RFP network of podcasts. I believe there's nine other podcasts now in the network. And if you go to rfpnetwork.org, you can find out the other ones. There's a lot of interesting uh, podcasts and there's a lot of interesting topics that they cover. And uh, hopefully you will get some benefit out of that as you learn and grow in your ministry. And we would love to connect with you through the Facebook group as well. Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode.